Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Cole Bennett. Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Cara. This episode literally gives parents a compass. Cynthia Muchnick and Jen Curtis are educational consultants, college counselors, and they co-authored a book called The Parent Compass. Now, prior to this chapter of their lives, Cynthia taught high school and worked in college admissions while Jen did mental health research. You're going to hear how in weaving together their expertise in both education and mental health, Cynthia and Jen wound up writing a guidebook for today's parents. It's all about how to support your kids and get out of their way. So you have a first row seat to parenting in 2022. And I'm curious to hear how you would describe what it looks like for people raising kids right now. What do you appreciate about it? What concerns you? What would you love to change through your work? I am at once hopeful and saddened. I think with regard to the mental health piece, I'm so grateful that it is becoming more mainstream to chat about the challenges that 
our teens are facing and to figure out solutions. And I feel from what I see in my work with students that parents are more open to real communication with their kids. And, you know, I do think that there are more conversations about with college admission in general, figuring out what the right fit for our kids is going to be. Where I'm saddened is that I do think that the college admission process in general is truly becoming all the more difficult, challenging, competitive. And regardless of whether or not those conversations are happening with parents, I do think that kids are putting this insane amount of pressure on themselves. It really saddens me to watch it all unfold. And I wish there were tangible changes that I could personally make to the college admission process. And I can't, but I feel that, you know, Cindy and I feel like we can do our part to raise awareness in helping kids navigate this with a sense of balance and hopefully a sense of well-being. And I think I would add, Vanessa, to your question that we are really privileged to have these students, these families who kind of entrust their kids to us and these students who come into our offices and share so freely. It's a pretty, you know, without sounding cliche, it's a really safe space to work one-on-one with us. And we approach the process as, you know, advocates and cheerleaders for these kids, because we recognize the great amount of pressure that they already feel before they come into our office. And then what we started to see, which really was the catalyst for writing the parent compass, were these parents who thought they were helpful and would take these steps on behalf of their kids, which were really rooted in love and rooted in, you know, wanting to give and support and help their kids navigate. But they were so all consuming that this micromanagement that we noticed happening and this extra stress that the parents were putting on the kids really oftentimes sometimes by accident, that was the area that we wanted to focus on. And so when the college admission scandal erupted in March of 2019, that really blew the lid. It was the most extreme version of anything we'd seen. And Jen and I, that was our first phone call. We spoke to each other for about 90 minutes and we felt like we were watching the OJ Simpson car chase just in front of our eyes. It was sort of that same feeling of illness and shock and just devastation, really. And we had devoted our lives to this career that we felt was meaningful and helpful to these kids. And these parents had just parents and crooked college counselor had really, you know, done things so extreme. And so our conversation began there. And then we backtracked to what are we seeing in our own offices and what are these parents doing sometimes unintentionally that are damaging, you know, damaging their kids in, in significant ways. And you wrote a whole book about it. And I hope anyone who's listening will read the book because it's really written from a beautiful place of empathy, but also can-do-ness. It's not one of those books where at the end, there are five bullet points. There are bullet points everywhere about what you can do and how you can do it. But could you take that concept that you just described of parents who come from a place of love? Everyone is trying to do best by their kids. I've never met a parent in my life who doesn't want their kids to be happy. So that's where I think we all agree. That's the premise. Can you top line it for us and help us to understand in the most sort of big, broad way, and we'll get into some details in a minute, how can parents take this good intention and point it in a direction or harness the energy in the right way to help their kids towards success and happiness without 
doing what you have described and what we've all watched unfold. Thank you for saying that about the book, because frankly, that was our goal. Our goal was to write a book that could be implemented on Monday after having read the book over the weekend. And that is the feedback that we've gotten. And we were so thrilled to hear that people did feel like that there were tangible steps that they could take that all was not lost. If they had a junior in high school, oh goodness, it's too late. No, that's that's not the case. There are so many changes that we all can make, right? Isn't that what parenting is all about? Parenting is about pivoting every single day and looking inward at ourselves and realizing, okay, I messed up in that situation, but I can make it right and I can do something different next time. And having that humility and that vulnerability to come at our kids with parenting with that approach to our parenting. So that really was our goal. Parents, how can you take your wish for creating happiness for your kids and success for your kids? How can you direct that energy in a way that's productive? So I think my best answer to that is describing what is a parent compass? Why did we even call this book The Parent Compass? And (laughs) we went through a title crisis. The book was supposed to be about parenting behavior and parenting etiquette. And that's a story for another time. But ultimately, we rested on calling the book The Parent Compass because we wanted to give parents kind of a visual, a, a metaphor of sorts, a way of finding their true north, a way of evaluating every one of their parenting choices and making sure that there was intention behind each choice that they made. We wanted to encourage them to ask themselves, is what I'm doing right now today in the best interest of my relationship with my child? And what do I want that relationship to look like? Taking that long view of parenting and really thinking through, okay, I'm putting pressure on my kid to you know, get an A on this homework assignment today. What's my intention behind that? So the parent compass, that visual was meant to kind of be a constant check of our own parenting behaviors. And I think I would just add, um, when you invited us onto your show, The Puberty Podcast, the very first sentence of our book is a quote. And that quote hung on my refrigerator growing up. I actually have posted it on our Instagram feed because I got it from my mom. And I never knew what it meant, but it says adolescence is a period of rapid changes between the ages of 13 and 17, a parent can age as much as 20 years. And whenever I give a presentation, whenever I've, you know, in in this book, it's the first sentence because the reality is in this time stretch of our kids' lives, we are aging because we are making difficult decisions and we are questioning what we're doing and we're looking at parents around us and comparing ourselves. And honestly, it's the worst thing we can do because we're constantly second guessing and wondering how we're screwing up our kids and when they're going to wind up on a couch somewhere talking about all the mistakes we made. And the reality is that if you are courageous enough to pick up a copy of the parent compass and brave enough to try some of the simple tools that we have laid out in the book, you're already saying, I want to do better and I want to do better by my child, by my relationship with my child. And I care about their mental health and I see them as an individual. So the first chapter of the book requires parents to go back and self-examine and look really deep at our own upbringings, our own biases, our own backgrounds academically and how we were raised. 
and try to really self-examine and understand also with our partner or our spouse or whoever we might be raising our kids with to look at that first so that we see how that informs the parenting that we do or how to erase some of those things so that we can kind of start over. And then the parent compass gives you this very clear roadmap of steps that you can take. And some of them seem really obvious, like being a good listener or asking good questions, but listening is a skill and it's a hard skill. And as you can tell, I'm a talker. So it's something that I've had to learn of, you know, and, and I hear from my kids, wait, mom, you're not listening to me. And I think, oh my God, I'm not following my parent compass. Hang on a second. And, and to have them, you know, rephrase and paraphrase and, and not for us to jump in and fix and advise and tinker, but to just take in their information and then ask their permission, you know, what would you like me to do with that? You know, that's not, that makes a lot of sense to me, or that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to strategize or did you just want me to listen? And the things we're asking parents to do are hard, but they're worthwhile. Hey, it's Cara. We all know puberty isn't always easy. One of the trickiest pieces of the puberty puzzle is boobs. When will I get them? Why are they so tender? And why does every bra out there seem to pull, push, pad, itch, scratch, or be so flimsy it doesn't do a thing? That's where Umla comes in. It's a company that makes puberty comfortable, a company I founded with my friend Julie. When our own daughters began the puberty journey, we couldn't find a decent starter bra anywhere. So we made one. It fits perfectly whether boobs are just starting to bud or they've been growing for a few years. We call it the Umbra, and it's game-changing. The Umbra is made from buttery cotton that feels like second skin, ridiculously soft and so comfortable you'll forget you're wearing anything at all. Umbra's one-of-a-kind support comes from its patented layered design that creates gentle compression without any tight binding which also means it doesn't need any bulky, awkward pads because it's built to seamlessly hide nipples and protect against those dreaded ouch moments throughout the day. Our daughters and their friends are done with puberty, but they still love and wear their umbras. It's why we say that the umbra may be your first bra, but it will definitely be your favorite bra. Come say hi, look around, and find your umbra, plus lots of other puberty info, at myoomla.com. That's M-Y-O-O-M-L-A dot com. Cara, lately, I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added Magnesium Breakthrough to my nightly routine, and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep. And I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky. And I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. (laughs) And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, magnesium breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, magnesium breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie Horses. 
And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is Factors Ready to Eat Meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. I want to drill down on a specific scenario because so much of what happens in these years are moments of intense conflict, tension, disappointment, anger, a sense of misunderstanding. So I'm going to give you a scenario and I want you to help our listeners walk through a way to kind of address that scenario. So you've got a 14-year-old who's incredibly unmotivated to work hard in school. 
And you know, this is a kid with interests. You know, this is a kid with social capacity and intellectual capacity who, when given the right opportunity, could actually thrive. But so far, things are looking pretty chill (laughs) as a kind word, unmotivated as maybe a less kind word. I'm the parent. What advice do you have for me in handling this 14-year-old who's basically driving me up a wall and I'm tired of climbing that wall? I want to take a deep breath and I want to be helpful and I want to stop being frustrated and shouting. So what do I do? So yeah, that's a very real scenario that I think probably if you have multiple kids, <laughs> you will say at least one of my kids is like that. And maybe you'll have some, some tools in the arsenal already. But um, what you're describing is pretty common and you are not alone as a parent in feeling those things. So how do you tackle that? How do you light a, a little fire under that tush of that kid to sort of get things, you know, get the train running on back on the tracks? And Here's the thing. There's a lot of factors contributing to that. This isn't just a kid saying, I just want to drive my parents crazy by being lazy and I don't care. And I just want to be on my cell phone or with my friends or, you know, school is stupid or whatever it is they're saying that's pushing all those parenting buttons where you go, what happened to this one? You know, what's going on? There's always all those other factors. And I would imagine Cara sees them in her medical office dealing with, you know, teenagers and and whatever, you know, not just psychological, but physical ailments are also probably going on during these times and hormones, et cetera. But what I would say in dealing with that is if that were my child, and I'll just say if that, if that were, because that has been my children at various times and various stages, not all the time, but, and I've, and I've worked with those kinds of kids. I think it's a parent's job to see and appreciate the child they have in front of them. And we say this in the book and not the child they're trying to inauthentically create. Okay. So you look at that kid and you say, oh my gosh, I'm pulling out my hair. What do I do? And I think this is your challenge as a parent is to find what is it that does excite them because there's something, even if it's their cell phone, what class interests them the most, what activity might interest them the most, what TV show, what video game, it doesn't even matter. But if you demonstrate interest as a parent and let them teach you, share with you, what is it that excites you in school or what book you read or what game you're playing or what sports team you're following and you hook into that and let them take the lead on teaching you what excites them and continue to follow up in it. Jen and I will tell you, we've worked with students who are interested in the stock market, are interested in coding, are interested in the world of poker, whatever it might be, things that we don't know a lot about maybe a generation later. But when our kids share it with us, they get all excited and start to breathe quickly and and want to share it with us. That is your opportunity to hook in and engage and say, okay, so you've got this interest in gaming or in coding. What can I do as a parent to help you in that area, to help guide you or to help you find other ways to use that skill? Or maybe it's just a hobby. Maybe it's just a hobby and it's just for fun. But I think you'll feel hurt. Can we go down that road just a little further? Because there are a lot of parents who, when they hear that advice, what they'll do, they'll finish this podcast and then they'll run into their kid's room and they'll be like, (laughs) I know you've got a passion in (laughs) rock collecting. And so I have found 12 internships for you in these, right? And so we all know, because we've all been that 
parent from time to time Mm -hmm. that it comes from a good place. How do parents both support this thing? And walk the line. Yes. Yeah. I'm not going to throw any of my children under the bus, but I have a child like this. And if that child ever listens to this, they may know who I'm speaking about. Oh, it's called the Puberty Podcast. That child has been the one where I, as the mother who also wrote the Parent Compass, who also is a college counselor, have said, don't you want to enter this in a contest? Or wouldn't it be great if you blah, blah, blah. And this child is my happiest child. I'll just say that. This is my child that's the least complex and that is the most happy and the most well-adjusted of my kids. And I don't like to compare them. But, but if I were to look at... And so I lie in bed at night with my husband and I say, this child's happy. This child's happy just being, just doing. And the things they're doing may not be the things we know they have the potential to do. But what is that goal that we talked about at the very beginning? So sometimes, Vanessa and Cara, it is accepting that that is just who they are right now, or maybe for a few more months, or maybe for a few more years, and that's okay. So there is that fine line. And I think when we sprinkle those ideas, do you want to do this, you want to do that, and you get pushed back, okay, then you, you've said it. And one of my other kids is what I call, he mulls it over. So you say it and there's immediate resistance, no matter what your suggestion is. And then a few days later, it comes back around as his idea that, oh, I kind of, and you sort of laugh. I would never say, I told you so, but we know how each of our kids processes the information we share. And yes, if we push and push and try, and we're not getting any, you know, response, then we just have to let that one go and give up on that one. So, you know, I do think, yes, there's that fine line and sometimes they're going to be who they're going to be. And that's okay too. So, and again, just on the college process, there are um, over 4,000 colleges in the country. I mean, we focus on, we, you know, we're not talking about this yet, but we're focusing on this small list that of familiar names that people might know and doing our kids such a disservice to kind of have them feel like they have to measure up to some list that's been created when really a kid that you're describing doesn't belong anywhere on that list. They probably belong at one of the other 3,000 colleges that are out there. This age is all about a journey. So if you take a middle schooler to a college graduate, it's about a journey from depending on us and their teachers and kind of having everything laid out for them to self-advocating and becoming independent. And that's what makes it so painful, right? That's why the conflict is so intense. That's why they stop listening to us. That's why we stop listening to them because there's so much work to do in this basically decade. But everyone says, oh, my kids got to learn how to self-advocate. My kids got to be resilient. My kids got to... you know." And we're so busy like dumping all these skill sets onto what our kids need to learn. But it's a journey and it's a process. And if self-advocacy is one of the most important things, and you talk about it in the book and we talk about it all the time, how do we get there? What does that journey look like? Our kids don't turn around one day in sixth grade and all of a sudden become these amazing self-advocates, right? It's like, it's a long process. And then kids are all really different. You've got introverts, you've got kids who have less confidence talking to adults or teachers or coaches. So how do we scaffold for our kids that process of becoming self-advocates? I like to say that self-advocacy is a learned skill and it takes time. And frankly, I'm still learning. So I think the biggest thing that we can do is create opportunities for our kids to understand that they have a voice 
And I think that we start with very benign situations. And then over time, they learn that their voice matters and that their opinion matters and that they can speak for themselves before we're going to jump in as parents. Because I don't know about you, but I find, um, you know, it's so easy to jump in and answer a question for my kid when it's directed at my kid. (laughs) But it's easy for me to answer because I know what I want that person to hear. So I think one, it takes a lot of self-control and realizing that our kids do get that first pass at whatever question is directed at them. And I think some situations that I'm referring to, one of my favorite situations is at restaurants. So not because I'm some great parent, but just honestly, because of what I had learned through my work in education consulting, my husband and I decided that when our kids could clearly articulate whatever their needs or desires were, we were going to let them order at restaurants. And I do believe that self-advocacy goes hand in hand with confidence. I think the more and more that they're learning to advocate for themselves, their confidence is going to grow and they're going to do it more often. And you know, the complication sets in when you're at the restaurant and they self-advocate by ordering something that you do not want them to have. I've had that happen plenty of times. In the pediatrician's office, they will self-advocate for not getting a shot. You know, there, there are these moments where you're going, hmm, what lesson am I trying to teach here? But one thing that you said really resonates, which is what happens later in the classroom. So they're going to test bounds with us as their parents that they do not feel the need to test in the same way in different environments. This is not to say it's true for every kid, but most kids are looking to push the limits around their parental units and their caretakers much more than they're looking to push the limits in an academic setting. So this whole notion of self-advocacy is so important, but don't freak out if you have a kid who's testing in the context of self-advocacy in front of you, that's just a way to test safely, right? Yeah, I think I'll just add that um, I've written some books on study skills and time management for kids. I did that and college essay writing. So I've written some books before the Parent Compass. And a lot of these study skills books have to do with kind of steps that kids need to learn to take in their school environment because the school is their job. It's not our job. And we've already been 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th graders. We're not those again. In fact, nor do we want to be. We're not, you know, we shouldn't be, right? But I I laugh because again, I have one of those kids that should be reading the study skills book probably because this child, when the grade comes back, the question is, oh, you know, were you able to run this by the teacher? Were you able to do test corrections? Like what, what steps did you take? And there weren't any steps. There were no steps. And I'm thinking, but I wrote these books. <laughs> what do you mean you didn't go and check in with the teacher? What do you mean you didn't go to the review session? What do you mean? So, so they know what's available. They know what it is. And then it sort of comes to like, okay, so that B minus is probably makes sense, right? It makes sense because those steps weren't taken. And if that child wanted to take those steps, and, you know, meet with the teacher or review the thesis before writing the paper. You know, there's all these things. You, some kids treat school like a sport, like they want to win it. They want to, you know, go in there and, you know, achieve and they're sort of wired to succeed and they know how to do it. And a lot of kids just are going there to absorb material and see their friends and regurgitate some stuff and maybe be excited about one class. And that's okay too, right? It's okay as much as we as parents want to say, why didn't you see the teacher? Why didn't you check in? Why didn't you do the test corrections? Why didn't you ask for extra credit? 
you know what? Some kids just, it's not who they are. It's not what they want. Or right now. Right. They won't do right now, but I love that you own, I mean, Cara and I talk about our parenting fails all the time within our area of expertise. It's like so (laughs) perfect that you are having those conversations with your kid. Who's like, "Mm, nah, we're going to wrap with this. Not only are we grateful to Jen and Cynthia for their wonderful guidance, but also for their owning their own parenting fails. Our favorite kind of experts who admit that they don't always do it right. Thank you both so much. This was a blast. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. We are thrilled to have you. And we loved the Parent Compass. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us anywhere you get your podcasts or check out our Instagram at the Puberty Podcast. If you have questions or stories to share, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. And for more puberty info, check out myoomla.com or dynamogirl.com. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.